It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The 2022 season for the Dolphins was the most statistically impressive offensive performance the team has put on display in quite some time. And with a repeat performance, there are a number of statistical landmarks in the history of the Dolphins franchise that we may see current players enter into. We're exploring that here on the offensive side of the ball here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen To your favorite podcasts, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today is Friday, May 26, 2023, and today on the show, we are exploring Dolphins records, uh, specifically the offensive statistical leaders and where current iterations uh, may find themselves after the 2023 season. It was always really a fun thing to do in the offseason Let's kind of look at the history of this organization, uh, the the proud, rich history of highly successful teams throughout the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s under Don Shula. Then the kind of the transition, but still highly competitive teams with Jimmy Johnson and the early years of Dave Wanstatt. And of course, uh, things got quiet the last 15 years or so, but the Dolphins feel like they are back into that stratosphere as the floor. It's going to be competitive 17 games legitimate playoff threat and whether or not they make the postseason run well that's kind of the last hurdle that the team has to get over but there's some nice inspiration across South Florida as we covered yesterday between what the Florida Panthers have done returning to their first NHL final since 1996 and the Heat still looking to close out the Boston Celtics as an eight seed uh, potentially going to go to the NBA finals with just one more win and two tries to get it uh, game six coming up here in a couple days Uh, back in South Florida. So we're going to start with passing totals. Uh, This is a a really fun uh, contextual uh, exploration. Everybody obviously knows Dan Marino and the numbers. uh, This, this guy up here, if you're watching on YouTube and this guy down here, if you're watching on YouTube and, and that's, that's his football. And he's over here on my office as well. He's all over the place in my office. Um, Dan passed for 61,361 yards and 420 touchdowns. When he retired, they were NFL all-time marks. But there's another Hall of Fame quarterback on this ledger with Bob Greasy and 25,000 passing yards. Ryan Tannehill still playing with the Tennessee Titans, but he posted over 20,000 passing yards uh, in his time with the Dolphins from 2012 to 2018. Obviously missed... uh, one and a quarter seasons with the knee injuries towards the end of that stretch. There's nobody else over 12,000 passing yards. 
Tua Tagovailoa, as things currently stand, believe it or not, is fifth in just 34 career starts, fifth in Dolphins history in passing yardage with 8,015 passing yards across his first three seasons in the NFL, and obviously missed a month of game worth of games this past season. Uh, did not start until about halfway through his rookie season and then had an IR stint during his second season as well, which was one of the more dysfunctional offenses we've seen in South Florida, which is really saying something uh, for quite some time. So amidst all of that, he is already fifth all-time in the NFL passing records. And with a season fulfilled to the potential that he is capable of playing, even if you just take the yardage that he put on display last year with the games that he missed, he would move past Jay Feeler into fourth place in the Dolphins' individual season or, or the career totals for this organization. He's just in front of Chad Henley, David Woodley, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Don Strock, Matt Moore, Chad Pennington. Those are the only players in Dolphins history with more than 4,000 career passing yards. Now, that'll happen when Bob Greasy's your starting quarterback for a decade and Dan Marino's your starting quarterback for nearly two decades. But it is really neat and interesting to see just how quickly this can materialize. And, and as a testament to the changes uh, of the NFL game and what it is now, uh, Tua Valoa and his 7.4 yards per attempt and 7.4 adjusted yards per attempt are both higher marks from an efficiency standpoint than Jay Fiedler, than Ryan Tannehill, than Bob Greasy, and Dan Marino. Now, again, different game. But from an efficiency standpoint, you start to project and extrapolate out. If Tua Tungvaloa is going to be here for any extended period of time, if he's going to play this year and he's going to play next year on the fifth-year option, and if they get a second contract done... It's not going to take long for him to to chase down Ryan Tannehill's 20,000, and then he's going to be nipping at the heels of these two Hall of Famers. But this season upcoming, Jay Fiedler uh, is on Tua watch because Tua, I I think, has a very strong opportunity to move past Jay Fiedler on the fourth place all-time in the passing yardage marks. Now, this isn't the only place Tua can do some damage. He can pass Jay Fiedler with 15 touchdown passes. He'll pass Jay Fiedler for fourth place all-time in touchdown passes as well. Tua currently has 52. Uh, there are only five quarterbacks in franchise history with more than 50. It is Dan Marino, 420. Bob Greasy, 192. Ryan Tannehill, 123. Jay Fiedler, 66. Tua, 52. There's um quite a gap, uh, again, with the top three and and even dropping off Don Strock is sixth with 39. Um Tua probably is looking at three years from now passing Ryan Tannehill if he stays with the team and they get that, that contract extension done and he stays healthy and he's able to stay on the field. So uh, pretty impressive uh, start amidst the questions. Statistically, obviously, this year with Mike McDaniel did a lot to uh, stabilize the resume of Tua Tungvaloa. And historically speaking, uh, he's going to be perked in the top five and will be for a significant amount of time even if there is a transition a few years down the line and the Dolphins choose to go in a different direction. This is going to be a top five historical passer in the history of the organization. Now, Dan Marino gobbled up a bunch of that with playing for 17 years. But that still does not take away from in the proud history of this organization. You got some movement that's going to be coming. Now, receiving 
is a little bit of a different story. This is a little bit more of a wild, wild west, and I'm, I'm really interested to dig into that. But before we do, hopefully you will push pros and dig yourself into a big Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber. They're low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all their bars. They're absolutely positively delicious. Right now, you can go to Built.com, get yourself a variety box. You can go to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section. You can go to Sam's Club, get the big boxes, pick yourself up a bar, pick yourself up a box of the world's most delicious protein bar, the life hack that you didn't know you needed. Because whether you're looking for a meal replacement, whether you're looking for something delicious to grab and go, whether you're looking for a healthy snack, you name it, Built Bar can be it. So Built.com, Walmart, Sam's Club, pick yourself up a box and thank us later. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Career leaders in Dolphins history from a receiving perspective. The Dolphins just bid farewell to one player this offseason who is 14th all-time in career receptions with the team. It's Mike Kosecki. played five seasons, his entire rookie contract in the fifth-year option. Of course, he signed a one-year deal with the New England Patriots. His 231 receptions is 14th just in front of Crash Jensen, just behind Bruce Hardy. Uh, Duriel Harris, Randy McMichael. Uh, Randy McMichael with 283 is the most receptions for a tight end in the history of the organization. So Mike was probably a year, two years in this offense with with what his usage looked like away from, from chasing down Randy McMichael for career receptions for a tight end and most in, in franchise history. And he's a little bit lower down on the pecking order, Mike, is in uh, receiving yards, 2,600. He was 10 yards behind Marty Booker, and he was 383 yards away from being the 18th player in franchise history to log more than 3,000 receiving yards. Remember that number. Because hot on his heels, believe it or not, from a receiving yards perspective, is a two-year player, Jalen Waddell, 2,371 receiving yards in his first two seasons, is already 22nd in all-time Miami Dolphins franchise history in receiving yards. And if Jalen Waddell, here's where it gets fun, if Jalen Waddell puts up 1,300 yards again this season, matching what he did last year, he will move into 10th place all time in Dolphins receiving yards leaders. He will pass the following names. Bruce Hardy, Kenny Stills, Mike Gusecki, Marty Booker, Howard Twelly, Randy McMichael, Tony Martin, Irving Fryer, Aronde Gadsden, Paul Warfield. He's a thousand yards behind Paul Warfield. Devon Bess and Tony Nathan is currently at 3592 and 10th place all time in receiving yards history. So what really becomes fun is if you start to extrapolate out and say, okay, this is year three for Waddle. Let's say 1,300 is the norm. 
right? And there's a very substantial track record of receivers who have put up the kind of volume that Jalen Waddle has in his first two seasons. The expectation for those players is consistently this. These are 12, 13, 1400 yard receivers year over year. Just go to the end of his rookie contract. If he goes 1300 three more times, that's I can do that math. That's 3,900 plus the 23 he already has. So you're talking over 62. That'd be fourth place all time after five seasons behind Duper Clayton and Nat Moore. Chris Chambers sitting in fifth, OJ McDuffie. That's it for the 5,000 receiving yards club for Miami Dolphins players in franchise history. J-Dub's going to chase this down real quick. And I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility in any capacity that Jalen Waddell is going to wake up in February and be in 10th place all-time in Dolphins receiving leaders in three seasons. If that doesn't contextualize it, I don't know what will. Now, 179 receptions for Jalen Waddell is also good for 25th all-time in franchise history. He's He's five receptions behind Ronnie Brown. Jalen, with another performance like the one that he had last season, say around 80, just for round numbers, because keep it simple here, that would put him at uh, 239. 249. Yeah, 249. 259? Okay, I'm going to get the math right here. I think it's 259. So he has 179 receptions plus, give him 80, 259. Jeez Louise. That would put him 13th place in franchise history. In receptions, uh, he would pass Bruce Hardy, Mike Gusecki, and again, do this in three seasons. That's pretty incredible to to put that level of context on what Waddle has done and the Dolphins' offense in the first two years of or in the first year of his NFL play being as poor as it was. Now, granted that he got hurt with yardage from that perspective and averaged less than 10 yards per reception. I have a sneaking suspicion we won't see that happen again. But there's another player on this list that can very suddenly make some noise. Tyreek Hill, who caught 119 balls for 1,700 yards last season. If Tyreek puts up another 120, that would move him into... 14th place he would pass Mike Gusecki in two years and I don't see a lot of reason why the vast majority of this Dolphins passing offense now you may lose some volume if you're going to have Mike McDaniel live up to what he has kind of alluded to this offseason and have the team run the ball more and quite frankly I'm okay with that I'd be willing to live in that world but Tyree Kill is 42nd all-time in franchise history. Tyreek Hill caught two less passes last season than Jim Mandich did in his entire career with the Dolphins from 1970 to 1977. He caught more passes than Wes Welker did. Obviously, Wes was not the Wes Welker that we know and love. Jimmy Cephalo, Jakeem Grant, just some names that pop here uh, that, that are some of the old-time classics. Uh, Dolphins legend Greg Camarillo had 113 receptions across his three seasons with the team, uh, but I guess you could probably argue Camarillo's 
biggest catch was bigger than any of Tyreek's was last season. Uh, Ted Ginn had 128 across his stint with the Dolphins. Ted Ginn and his family, his first-round draft picks. Uh, so Tyreek within 10 receptions of Ted Ginn. And Tyreek had more receiving yards than Ted Ginn had in his entire Dolphins career as well. So if that doesn't contextualize what this Dolphins offense was versus what it has been, I don't know what will. And I think that that's the part that's always hard to keep in your mind is the context behind the numbers because you're living in it in the moment and you're a fan and you're emotionally invested and there's things that don't go your way and there's heartbreak that's involved and there's frustrating bumps along the way. But then you take a step back and you look at that duo of receivers and what they did, and they're one of only a handful of receiving duos to post 3,000 yards combined between them in a single season. And it's pretty eye-opening to see in the history of this organization, including all the high-flying offenses of the 80s. Jalen Waddell has a very realistic chance in three years to crack the top 10 all-time in receiving yards. And Tyreek Hill has a very realistic chance to crack the top 15 all-time in receptions in two seasons. That's the kind of monster production that they have put out on the field. Uh, We're going to talk about rushing leaders as well. This is an area where uh, there's a lot of ground to be made up, and and we're kind of at the mercy of the Dolphins being more balanced. I have a little bit of thoughts there, so that's what we'll finish with here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I watched uh, some of the Packers game this morning. I was looking for some film work to do for our subtext group. Uh, If you're not on the subtext, consider this your invitation to join the subtext. It's a chance to talk directly with me, text directly with me, get the the behind-the-scenes stuff that we are working on here on the show, and... um, give you guys a chance to have have your voices heard and, and do some creative content. If you're interested, you could text Dolphins to 305-419-3924 to sign up. To get the first two weeks free, find out if it is for you. If not, you can cancel at any point. And if you like it, it's only a couple bucks a month. That's Dolphins to 305-419-3924. Sign up for subtext. But we we doing some film work for the group, and we did a little bit of David Long this week, and they got the link that, that dropped a couple days ago. Um. And so I'm, I'm doing the Packers game, and it was really frustrating to see they had some early success in the first half on the ground like that mirrored what they had against the Browns. Then you had a hold, you had a procedural issue, self-inflicted wounds, and all in the first half of this game. And if the Dolphins are going to make the leap, and people have talked quite a bit about the rushing ranks in year one versus year two of these Shanahan offenses, and that seems to be something the Dolphins are banking pretty heavily on seeing improve their rate quite a bit, then the self-inflicted stuff has to be better. The holding, getting outside the frame, 
trusting your back to cut off your, your body and not do too much while you're engaged with a defender. But um, even in the midst of the hardships, Raheem Mostert rushed for 891 yards last season, 52.4 yards per game, 4.9 yards per attempt. He only found the end zone three times. But 891 yards is 35th all-time in Dolphins franchise history. Now, the, the hierarchy here is safe. These guys aren't going to get sniffed for quite some time. Larry Sanka, first place, 67-37. Ricky Williams, 64-36. Ronnie Brown, 48-15. Mercury Morris, 38-77. Jim Kick, 36-44. Tony Nathan, 35-43. And then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, 3,063. Those are the seven players in Dolphins franchise history with more than 3,000 rushing yards at their disposal. I don't know that it's realistic to expect Raheem Mostert to go out and put 1,000 yards up here. I think this team as a whole will rush for many more yards than what they did this year. I think the, the self-inflicted wounds will be better. I, I do think there's probably going to be some raw passing numbers that are compromised for more of a commitment to running the football. But Raheem posted career numbers last year. And to bet on a player who has, is going to be part of a rotation who has dealt with durability questions in the past. I don't know how high we're going to fly here. I think the ideal place to target for Raheem in the midst of the role that he's going to be working with and the workload that we're anticipating, because of course you also have Devon Aching, you know, put into the mix here as well. And who knows what's going to happen post June one. And we're like right on the doorstep of that potentially happening is 20th place. 20th place is Kenyon Drake who played in 54 games for the Dolphins, rushed 333 times for 1,532 yards. There's a more than 200-yard gap between him in 20th place and Woody Bennett in 19th place. Woody Bennett's almost at 1750. So if I'm Raheem, you project this out. Can you go out and get 700 rushing yards this season? He's only done that a handful of times in his career, but each of the times that he's done it, it's been opportunities where he's gotten volume and stayed healthy. If he stays healthy, I think 700 is an easy yardage number for him to touch. That would put him in 20th place all time. Now, if he goes for 1,000 yards, he'd move up to 18th, and he'd be knocking on the doorstep of Jay Ajayi. He'd also pass Sammy Smith and Woody Bennett. But... Uh, there are only 30 players in franchise history with at least 1,000 career rushing yards. If the Dolphins have anybody come out of left field and rush for 1,000 yards, well, they're, they're going to insert themselves pretty quickly into an upper echelon of Dolphins rushing history as well. So a little bit of a history lesson, a little bit of an update on where the current names are at. Uh, but this Dolphins offense and the yardage that it put out you're going to suddenly see current names significantly high in the franchise all-time ranks. And then the longevity of those players is going to be the test on how high they go. I think we are looking at the next Dolphins all-time receiving leader on the field right now in number 17. I think he is going to have the most statistically 
robust career of any member of the Miami Dolphins while wearing Miami Dolphins colors. We're only scratching the surface. Maybe A-Chain can, can inject himself into this conversation as a rusher. I think if we see the Dolphins commit to a second contract with Tua Tagovailoa, he's very, uh, he's going to quickly position himself to be in the top three in passing leaders. I don't know that he's going to chase down Dan. He's still like 50, 53,000 yards away. Um, but he can chase down Bob Greasy. Second place with 25,000 yards. And he could very quickly get into the top four uh, with a 3,000-yard passing performance this season. So you're going to see these names creeping up on this list. I remember doing this exercise a few years ago, and like the only name of significance was Devontae Parker. So, oh, well, if if he can do what he did during the breakout year in 2019 and do it three more times, He's going to put himself in position to, to join the 5,000-yard club. I don't think J-Dub's going to have a problem cracking 5K. Question is, how, how quickly is he going to get there? Is he going to get there before he plays on his fifth-year option? It's exciting times offensively for the Dolphins. We're going to look over the defensive side of the ball over the course of the weekend. Uh, we will have a show on Monday. No holiday break for us here on Locked on Dolphins because it is your team every day. So make sure you keep it locked in with us on Locked on Dolphins. I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Shout out to the everydayers who make us a part of your daily routine. I hope you will come back and see me again soon. Fins up. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks for watching. Talk to you soon. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.